Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This is just a reminder that everything on the podcast is intended to be informational, educational, and entertaining. This is no way a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic process. If you find yourself in need of more direct support, please reach out for professional help. Or if you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or call 911. Hey everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Today with me, I have a special guest joining me by phone, uh, Miss Patrice Barnes. She is describing herself as a good vibe collector and distributor, and I'm super excited to have her with us to tell us about what she's doing and what's going on in her world. So welcome, Patrice. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. So we are going to jump in and I'm going to start by asking you what I ask all of my guests on the podcast. And that is, what is your labor of love? Mm, I thought a lot about this and I think that um, the best answer would be um, my labor of love is holding space um, for people to heal and um, to connect to the highest expression of their existence. Um, and that's very vague because I have done that in a number of ways and that creates an opportunity for me to be creative, um, an opportunity for me to be spiritual leaning, an opportunity for me to be intuitive, whether that's physically holding space or, um, holding space, um, you know, through conversation or whatever, um, that is something that I pour a lot of my energy um, and my time. And as I look kind of back over my life, I, a lot of my life has been devoted to that work. Um, and it's so interesting because most of it has been unconscious. So thank you so much for describing your labor of love. And I like that you said it was vague because I feel like we can go into a whole lot of different directions with that. And I would love to go yeah. into a few to talk about how that um, how that plays out in a very practical, real way in your life. Um, but first, I want to go back to um, kind of your descriptor, a good vibe collector and distributor. So tell me and the listening audience kind of what that means for you and how that shows up in your life. Yeah, so oh, how do I even articulate this? Okay, so basically... I'm at a point in my life where I'm reflecting and like kind of looking back at this whole entire lifetime line. And I'm like, Oh, this all connects. This all makes sense, you know? And so I've been intrinsically doing this work that I have not been able to name and that I have been, uh, they have not been conscious of, but it has been work that has been tied to, um, being a light in spaces, and so that is like being having a positive disposition or being a place where folks can come and get light, um, you know, even from like a practical, like, um, from a practical organizational perspective, um, you know, being that, uh, playing that role on a team, you know, making sure from folks' voices are heard or bringing creativity and excitement and love and all of those things. 
And so now that I'm at this this place in my life where it's like, okay, I understand what this is. I'm going to be responsible with this knowledge. Um, I am making it a point to kind of have that as my like main branding in terms of like, I'm only connecting, collecting positive vibes, positive energies, um, healing energies. And of course that's again, super vague. That could be information, experiences, uh, you know, spaces, whatever. I'm only distributing that. And like, um, you know, recently, um, I started, um, a YouTube show where, uh, it's called, um, with friends and I'm engaged in conversations and those conversations are centered around collecting those good vibes and then distributing them to people in the community to join in conversations. Okay. So here's a question. I, I totally get the, um, intentionality behind only collecting and distributing the good vibes, but I can almost guarantee you that it's not only good vibes that come your way. So how do you differentiate between what you consider to be good and what you consider to be not? And how do you maybe guard yourself or become intentional with not taking that stuff in as well? And I'll say with an emphasis on this time period. So as we're recording this, you know, we are in the midst of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, and that has taken a very interesting uh, toll on the entire world, but more specifically with governors issuing stay-at-home orders and people are having a wide array of responses to what's happening. How are you kind of managing this thing that you're talking about in a time and space that is very uh, clouded with what you might consider not good vibes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a really good question um, because I think, you know, including in that is the processing through things that um, hold you down or the processing through to get to healing, right? Um, and so you have to travel through um, some, you know, not so good vibes or trauma or whatever it is in existence so you can get to a positive space. Um, and again, I go back to my own personal reflection and my connection to myself, my body, my life, like being able to understand like, or um, recognize rather when I'm not feeling um, how I would like to feel. An example of that is yesterday I woke up and I was feeling so tense, so stressed, so anxious, and I really felt fear creeping in. You know, I'm in the middle of a big lifestyle shift, big move, amid the COVID-19 virus. And so, you know, I'm being continuously inundated with all of these, like, uh, precautionary um, uh, pieces of advice from, like, family members and you know, the news and all of that stuff. And so I felt myself starting to feel um, anxious and like that feeling like, oh, I'm getting scared. Like, I don't know, you know, I, I kind of get into that place where I like, this is not good. And so I had to pause, kind of like do a body scan. Um, like, okay, I don't feel good in this moment. What can I do to shift this? And so I just stopped right then and there, did a 10 minute medita- meditation, did some deep breathing, Um, And as a part of my kind of personal mission to kind of share those good vibes, I broadcasted that meditation on Facebook Live. And so that was like real time, you know, kind of healing that traveling through. 
Um, and after that experience, like those feelings shifted away, I was able to kind of go about my day and like be productive and, and kind of embody that light that I want to hold on to. And so I guess that's just an example of, you know, how, um, I am doing the work to collect the vibes. And I think before I kind of made it sound kind of like, um, oh, just, you know, kind of staying in the light, bringing the light. I think it's more of like, I'm engaging in the work. I want to support other folks in engaging in that work. Um, and then I also want to um, kind of be an open book in a sense to show myself doing the work um, as an example or support for other folks who are traveling through various healing processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very awesome example. Um, you're hard pressed to listen to any episode of this podcast where at some point, we don't talk about being embodied in noticing oh. our bodies. And so I very much appreciate you bringing that up. Um, and just from, from, from a perspective as a, as a therapist and a counselor um, working with people, I think you, you hit on so many things that I hope people can glean things from. So first is you noticed that you weren't feeling well, right? Oh. And in order to do that, you had to go to your body. Chances are you might not have started there immediately. If you did, it's because you have a lot of practice doing that. But that's not the first place that we go. We go to this very emotional, mental space of just, I'm not feeling like myself. So you started to notice that your anxiety was rising. And it's interesting because when you talked about it, you started to like motion towards your chest. So in a space where I would say, well, where did you feel that in your body? I didn't even have to ask because just being talking about that drove you to physically demonstrate where you felt that. And so you said you did a body scan. I think that's huge for people that I acknowledge that kind of going to your body first happens after um, a muscle is well developed. And it's not a muscle that we've been encouraged to to flex and use. And so you may start with noticing, just like Patrice said, she woke up and she noticed that uh, she just wasn't feeling right. And she attributed some of that to kind of the information that was coming in through, I'm sure, media, but then also advice from friends and family and all this stuff with this big shift that she has in her life. And she just wasn't feeling right. But one of the first things she did is she did a body scan and a body scan simply means taking a moment, doing some deep breathing and just noticing where you feel that in your body. It can be tension. It can be tightness. It can be a sensation. It could be heaviness. It could be lightness. It could be whatever it is, but just taking a moment moment to say, where is this in my body? Once she identified in her body, she then went into a practice of meditation. And so for some people, I think meditation is a scary word. They've either heard things like, don't do that. That's not good. Um, You know, that's scary stuff. Or it's said in such a way that it would suggest that people should automatically know how to do that and you should be good at it. And neither one of those things have to be true. So Patrice, tell us a little bit when you say you went into a meditation or when you find that that is something that you use in order to help you um, kind of overcome some of the things you experience in your body. What does that look like, sound like, feel like? How would you encourage or instruct a person to get started with that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. I'm not sure which 
which came first. But I think noticing the feeling and then somehow kind of asking myself, what do I need? Like my chest was tight. Whenever I feel anxious, my chest just gets tight. And it's like, I can't get a full breath out. So that's what I need right now. I need to like breathe deep. Like that's, and I think like um, your intuition, like your body will tell, this is what I believe. Your body will tell you what it needs. And like, I think you just have to pause and kind of wait for that answer to come. And so I feel like my body was saying, oh, we need to breathe. We need to breathe. And so like turning all that music, you know, kind of get it into a comfortable seated position, kind of making it, uh, carving out space, you know, not just like hurry up and let's rush through this breathing, but let's, let's make this kind of like sacred or specialized experience dedicated only to restoring breath. Um, so just sitting, um, and breathing in really, really deep, as deep as you can, holding it and then releasing and doing that a couple of times. And then what I'll do is I'll put some affirmations on top of it. And so what I'm breathing in is calm and peace and love. Like, what do I need right now in this moment? I need peace because my mind is going crazy. I need love. I need calm. I need confidence. So I'm breathing all that in. And then when I'm breathing out, I'm releasing fear. What do I need to get rid of? Stress, anxiety, uh, panic. I'm releasing all of that. Um, and then just kind of just continue to do that until I feel that my body is kind of calming down and it will start to feel relaxed. And then I will cap it off with some affirmations um, that and, and I totally agree with you that it is a learned trait. And I um, am like proud of my progress thus far because I would say I was not even here at this moment last year it's something that you work toward and then you just find yourself doing it it's just I think it's kind of like riding a bike or anything that you practice doing um eventually you'll just be like okay what do I need in this moment oh I need to breathe I need some sun let me go sit outside or whatever the case is and I don't think those things just come through osmosis it comes from you know when it came from a series of times when I allowed myself to to be in a space that didn't serve me or did things that were counter to who I wanted to be and all that stuff. And you walk away and you feel like, what is that shame or embarrassment or man, I sold myself short or whatever the case is, you know how that feels. And I think it was a conversation I had with myself like, Oh man, I want to stop feeling like this. I don't like feeling like this. And so like, that's kind of where that whole paying attention to how your body feels where that started. And so first noticing that, okay, this is not how I want to feel. And then asking the question, well, how do I want to feel? What do I need in that moment? And then taking whatever steps you feel intuitively. And I think it's important to recognize that like we have to start trusting like our internal leanings. Like it may not, you can maybe follow a prescribed meditation or have a book of affirmations. You can do that. Or you can just listen and lean into yourself and be like, what do I need right now? I need to go sit outside. It might sound really, um, you know, strange, but you go sit outside and you breathe deep and lo and behold, you feel better. And so I think a series of practicing those um, actions to really listen to yourself and honor your body in, in the way that, you know, your body will ask for what it needs. And once you start giving it, giving it what it needs, then that voice will get louder, your confidence and trusting that voice will grow. Um, and I think that that is, you know, kind of tied. I just wanted to add that in because I think that's tied uh, closely with like the whole meditation process that it's a personal for me 
it's a personal action. And so I know that it's very, um, I don't know what word to say. Like it's very structuralized. Like a lot of folks, like it's an industry, you know, whole wellness industry. And we have all these different classes and all these different things that are attached to it. And I think that's great. And I think that can provide additional information, but I also want folks to know that what you need, you already have in you. Um, and so you don't have to feel in fear in that space. And as, as long as you take one step to say, okay, how do I feel in this moment? How do I want to feel? Um, you will find that you will start to grow exponentially. Yes. Thank you for that. I mean, again, more gems. I think going back to, as you were describing the process, you are so right. What I say very frequently is our body holds so much wisdom. Uh, It holds a lot of trauma. It holds a lot of pain, but it also holds wisdom. And our bodies are designed to get its need met oftentimes without our permission. And so examples that I'll use is if you ever um, found yourself in a place where you were physically warm and you started to fan yourself with your hand, that wasn't really a conscious decision you made. You didn't think like, "Mm, what part of my body would bring the most air in if I flapped it? Like, that's not what happened, right? All of a sudden, your body learned to get its need met by fanning yourself. And uh, chances are someone could then look to you and say, are you warm? And you would look at your hand like, oh, oh, this is happening. We learned to like rub our arms and like pull ourselves in when we're cold. And someone may look at you and say, are you cold right now? And you look like, oh, I guess I am. Because our body bypasses permission asking and it gets its needs met. Now, trauma, adverse experiences and things like that disrupt the connection we have with our bodies. And so when a person has experienced trauma, especially if it's significant trauma, what we learn to do is disconnect from our bodies because it's easier to be disconnected from the pain and the chaos that our internal experience is having having in, in the sense of survival. And so what I do, what a lot of work is, is helping people reconnect with their bodies. So when Patrice is talking about listening to your body and it telling you what it needs, if that feels like the most foreign thing you have ever heard of in your life, like what is she talking about? Chances are you're really disconnected from your body and that's okay. There's no shame in that. A lot of people are. And so I like to connect people back to things that they're not as disconnected with. The vast majority of people who have gone through the potty training process already know what it feels like when they have to urinate. A lot of people know what it feels like to have to defecate. And if you, for some medical reason, some accident or something, have lost connection with that, you can experience the frustration of not knowing you have to go or feeling like you have to go, but nothing comes out. When that's disrupted, there is is a pain that is experienced from not being able to connect with that. Most people know when they have to use the bathroom. Most people know when they're thirsty. Um, we are just generally an underhydrated culture and society. Um, most people know when they're hungry. Most people know when they're tired. 
The chances are, though, we ignore all of those things all the time. How many times are you in the middle of a task knowing you got to go to the bathroom, but you're like, let me just finish this. Let me just finish this. Right. You know, you're hungry, but you're like, no, I got to finish this. No, I got to do this. You know, you're tired. You just push through. Man, I need some water. Let me just get done. So part of the reason why we're so disconnected from our bodies is because we ignore it so much with things that are life sustaining Like literally, if we don't do the things I just named, eventually our bodies will break down. Well, if you're ignoring these big survival things, right, that we're used to eating and rest and hydration and going to the bathroom, how much more are you ignoring your body when it suggests, I'm afraid, I feel disconnected, I need to slow down. So I just want to encourage people that if you don't feel connected with your body, there are tons of things that you can do to start to reconnect. And some of that starts with just slowing down and noticing your five senses. That's the first thing that you can do towards this journey of reconnecting to your body. And if the word meditation feels intimidating or scary, don't use it, right? How do you ground yourself? How do you stay in the present? Your five senses only work in the here and now. You cannot hear tomorrow. You cannot smell yesterday. You cannot taste in a week. Everything is in the present. So if you want to start this process, sit down in a quiet space and just look around where you are and notice five things that you see. What are the colors? What are the textures, right? What are four things that you hear? And I know I said in a quiet space, but there are still tons of sounds that are happening if you just slow down, right? What are three things that I smell? What are two things that I can sense on my skin? Unless I ask you, you probably don't feel the shirt on your back, but it's there, right? What's one taste I have on my tongue? Five, four, three, two, one. Go through your senses and just notice that is the beginning journey of embodiment, being able to do that. And so I love Patrice, what you said. She noticed that she didn't feel well. And then she sat, she sat in a space where one, she could listen to her body communicate. And then she gave it what it needed. She needed to breathe. And as she began to breathe, and I love the affirmations, that stuff that's in you. Imagine your breath going to that part of your body. Go in there, capture those things that are not being helpful, push them out of your mouth and then breathe in what you need. So that was beautiful. So I appreciate that. that, Like it took me getting to the place to like, know that I deserve to control how I felt. Mm. Um, Because I just, I don't know if it's just that, I don't know if I had the conscious thought that I didn't deserve to control how I felt or if it was just that, I didn't even think about it at all, you know? Um, and again, I don't know where this happened, but just along this, this kind of line of evolving into like who I am, um, realized that I deserve to feel whole. I deserve to feel at peace. Um, I deserve to be free from fear, to be healed. And I don't have to walk around um, with anxiety or to be stressed out or to be in pain or anything like that. Like, I think that sometimes, um, depending on where, how we are socialized culturally or, uh, you know, even how our trauma is influenced, 
um, we just kind of put up with so many things, you know? Yes, um, ma'am. And we don't put ourselves in the position of power like, oh, my knees are hurting? What is that? Oh, inflammation? Oh, let me start increasing my turmeric or let me start increasing this, this, and that so that I can heal this inflammation in my knees so that they won't hurt, you know, instead of being said, oh, it must go in rain, that must be old author. Or, you know, like, I just think that these are, like, things that, you know, we're culturally, like, socialized, like, well, that's just how it is. Like, it doesn't have to be. Like, there are so many things that I am in control of that I didn't realize that I was in control of. And I think um, being awakened to that knowledge helped to drive some of my intention behind holding space for meditation. Like, I do that because I believe that I can control it. And I think that's a a key there, that if you don't believe that you can control your feelings, or if you don't believe that you can control how your body feels, then that space won't be um, as potent or important or as, um, uh, it won't affect you as strongly, you know? Um, And so, like, that, that was, like, a key starting point for me to like believe that I deserve to feel whole and full and, you know, really empowering myself to do things about it. And so I feel like it's a part of my life's mission to hold space for others, to encourage others, to even share information with others or my own experiences that will help them to hold space for themselves in the same way. That is so good. Um, yes, right. This idea that I deserve it and that I can control it. And what I think about is there are so many life experiences that people across the board have that take away that agency, that voice choice and control, that belief that they can uh, do something about what's happening to them. You know, I, and you talked about, so how we're socialized culturally, as well as how trauma influences that, you know, I think about being a black woman, in this country. And I think about how surviving this country gets passed down from generation to generation, no matter who you are, no matter what race you are. But as a black woman, I think about my foremothers who were slaves and literally had no control over their bodies, over their experiences, over anything. And so how to survive that experience literally gets passed down genetically from generation to generation to generation. So it's not a matter of willpower. It's not a matter of anything, you know, conscious often when people don't feel that they can control their internal experience. We have learned to navigate this world by dealing with what comes, And we are survival oriented um, and amazing at it, how we can take the most grim of situations and turn it into beauty is amazing. But sometimes the pride we have in being able to put sugar on poop and call it dessert, (laughs) you know, has turned into this complacency that we truly don't believe that we don't have to take poop. Right. And so it is this idea that we can, we do, 
you know, we are given the same abilities to navigate our internal experience as other people. And that's why I think it's important that we understand how generational trauma, how historical trauma plays into that. So I love that. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had to keep myself and I want to keep going on and on. But one of the things I was thinking about is what informs our reaction to trauma and what informs our process in growth is exposure. Um, And if we are exposed to uh, the same kind of tactical elements that, as you mentioned, like survival, you know, I think that we are expert survivors, you know, mm-hmm. and I think about my own upbringing, my own, um, you know, coming of age. Like there were things that my parents did financially, or little tricks with like food or whatever that I emulated. You know, in my first apartment or different things. You know, expertly robbing Peter to pay Paul. Come you on, know, girl. Like, <laughs> you know, feeling like I'm like, oh, I'm doing this adulting thing until I meet other folks. Who are doing this adulting thing and Paul and Peter are both paid. Come I'm on. Like, oh, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, hmm. Okay. Now this just changes that whole spectrum there. And so I am learning how to pay Peter, pay Paul, and pay myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the evolution of moving from survival energy to thriving and then to like create this other space where you're thriving and you have enough left over to ensure the posterity of your community, those around you, all of that. And I kind of, like, tie that in um, with my own personal, like, well, it's just all connected, really. I told you I'm in this major space where I'm just reflecting and looking at life like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, that's why that happened. Um, And a big uh, culture information exposure shift for me was... Um, in grad school studying at Clark Atlanta University in Africana Women's Studies, um, learning about all of the things, all of the things that black women are and have done from a very academic, research-based perspective. And so you're getting all this deep, steep black feminist theory, this womanist theory, and you're able to feel it spiritually understand it cognitively and tie it back to your real life like that was this like entire cataclysmic experience for me like not only do we have survival in our dna all of this rich ancestry um of literally surviving death which is why we are physically here like our lineage has survived so it really made me think like how can i take that radical energy and move it from the survival space and into this investing in healing and wellness space. And so that's where I feel like I became more intentional about my own kind of creating vibes and cultivating vibes for myself and passing that on to other folks because there was so much energy, time, effort spent in just staying alive for our ancestors. And we have all of that strength and then some but the, the caveat is, is that we don't have to spend it in the same way. Mm-hmm. And it takes the knowledge of knowing 
that you don't have to spend it in the same way to know that you can spend it in a different way. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm taking all that Rob, Peter, Pay, Paul energy and putting it into investing in my own healing and investing in the healing of other people around me. Yeah, I love that. And like you said, it's exposure, right? Yeah. And so uh, I think there are tons of other um, demographics whose... Uh, accomplishments and uh, tenacity and uh, things have been forefront to them. Uh And so they can draw from knowing that they are predecessors or predecessors, (laughs) because it's the word, of those people, right? And so so much for us, especially as African-Americans, especially as African-American women, that history is lost, right? Uh, Not something that gets given to us, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. We just have to oftentimes go looking for it. And so I love that experience. And then we get to become it. Right. And so that that is so powerful, which kind of leads me into even just talking about like how we met. So uh, Kara, Kara Michelle was a guest on the podcast. And, you know, she talked about lilac and indigo and how she intentionally creates space and things like that. And I shared on that episode, I'll reshare that, you know, Kara had a birthday party back in December of last year. And I got an invitation to that birthday party, which I thought was really amazing. Because again, while Kara and I were cool, we were definitely more peripheral. You know, we crossed paths, crossed paths every now and then we definitely went out like to breakfast and got to know each other. And it was really great. So I was super honored to get an invitation to her birthday party. And I got there and it was just a space full of amazing black women. Um, And I'll spend a whole nother episode just talking about what that was like for me, because I grew up, I definitely think in a space where a group of black women meant something totally different than I experienced at her birthday party. Um, And it was just so rich that it, it left me wanting more. How do I connect with other people who look like me, who share some of the same history as me. Um, It's no, you know, I've said this time again, since college, I have been pretty much in all all white, mostly white spaces. And I've learned to navigate that beautifully. (laughs) I really have. But there is something almost magical that happens when a group of black women get together um, for one purpose. And that purpose was just to celebrate Kara. And we were actually able to be creative. So we were painting and we were talking. No one had to be the star. No one had to be the center of attention. We were asking these deep questions. You know, we were laughing, we were singing. There was just so much happening. And I think that is an example of when you talk about being a good vibe collector and distributor, that was an amazing space where we could all just be who we were, bringing all that we were. None of it was too much. None of it was too little. It just was. And it was great. And so even you and I, part of that is we met that day. We talked. It was great. Um, and I just knew like, this is somebody who the world needs to know, like, I need to have her on podcast. It's not that we've communicated a lot since then we follow each other on social media. Um, I definitely support you and all the work that you do your YouTube show just uh, with friends. And so it's just great highlighting, I think for people, especially African American women that 
there, it, I think it was very intentional that our bond in sisterhood was disrupted so many centuries and decades ago because the power that happens when we come together is undeniable. And so the only way to disrupt that is to stop us from coming together. I think the same thing of black men. I think that of black people. And so if you can't stop the power and for lack of a better term, the magic, the revolution that happens when black communities come together, the best way to disrupt it is to stop them from coming together. And so I think it's just so strong and powerful that we can demonstrate. We don't go back to childhood. We don't have a lot of stories that we can talk about. Remember that time and remember that time, right? And maybe we'll develop them over time, but that doesn't stop us from not just having a mutual respect for one another, but a genuine support of the work that we're both doing. And I think that needs to be highlighted. It needs to be demonstrated. It needs to be encouraged. And that I didn't want to leave this podcast with people trying to figure that out themselves, right? I want to be very explicit that that's what's happening, you know, right now and how much I genuinely appreciate um, the time to be able to do this and to kind of say, hey, other people, right? Now, don't get me wrong. You don't have to be a black woman to get a whole lot out out of this episode, but how do you start reaching down to become literally the best version of yourself, knowing that there are so many things around that are inhibiting that. And so that's 100% what I love. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I, yeah, I couldn't, I can't say it better myself. I think one of the things that I just marvel and I express so much gratitude for is, um, what happens when kind of I have my hands open to receive, so to speak, I end up meeting the most amazing people and have the most amazing experiences. And they all work to kind of sew into my development and into my growth. And I think what's so important and valued about this conversation is I want to make it clear that where I am today is not where I've always been. It's been um, an evolution of myself, like a process of growing, of, you know, being in unhealthy friendships or being uh, unkind to myself Mm -hmm. or not having knowledge of my own power or all of these things, right? Um, And that process of starting to awaken within myself um, allowed me to be open to meeting other folks and having these amazing sisterhood experiences. And I, I really do believe that friendship, love, those two things across whatever, um, across whatever, you know, how it shows up, whether it's uh, platonic, whether it's romantic, whether it's across culture or whatever, those two things have the power to, truly heal um heal us and to grow us and I just I mean since I've you know met certain people it's increased my capacity to learn about myself and um has given me new experiences and all those things and I often think I'll see um some women post things like oh well I can't be friends with females or you know things like that or how I've seen folks say like you know you can't trust people and um I always feel so sad when I read that not from a point of judgment 
but just because I know how life giving it has been to be connected with people who um, sow into you, who create space for you. And I want everyone to have that. And I, I want to share that because if there is someone who hasn't yet had those experiences, um, or if you don't know or even believe in what I'm talking about, just know that it's real. And if you really, really want that, um, you can have that. Um, and a good starting point is just to kind of how we talked about a body scan, start to really um, develop a relationship with yourself and kind of fall in love with yourself. And I believe that people are, or I guess we're mirrors, right? Because we'll attract the love that we have on the inside of us. And I just really want that for everyone to have these um, life-giving experiences with other folks inside and outside of their communities. Yeah, beautifully said. Healing happens in relationship, period. Right. So many of our wounds happen in relationship. So much of our healing happens in relationship. Unfortunately, sometimes when we've been so wounded by other people, part of our survival is predicated on keeping ourselves from that pain. So we don't lean into and trust relationships. I want to say I understand it. I get it. I'm not trying to take that away, Um, but it is safe relationship. Healing happens in safe relationship. And for some of us, we've had such a deprivation of actual relationships that we will rush into any relationship just to have a relationship. And when it's not healthy and when it's not whole, we get hurt and we blame relationship period when we were just engaging in unhealthy relationships. And so I love how you put that. Um, So As we begin to start wrapping up, I always like to ask my guests something interesting, fun, or a little known fact about themselves. So what can you share to help us understand or get to know Patrice a little more? Hmm. I don't know if it's a little known fact because I feel like I talk about it (laughs) and share it all the time, but I think it's really cool. It's probably one of the coolest things that's happened to me in my life so far to date. Um, This time last year, I went on an Airbnb trip uh, across the world to the country of Oman, um, and it was a promotional trip um, to uh, promote uh, Airbnb's newest product, uh, Airbnb Adventures. And so I was selected among five other folks. So there were six of us strangers. We didn't know each other. We're all from all across the world. Uh, we weren't told where we were going until we got to the airport. Um, it was just, you know, a series of kind of like, you know, random packages in the mail with a packing list and you just put your suitcase together and show up. And so that's how we found out we were going to Oman. When we got to Oman, we did a whole bunch of adventure related activities, hiking, all of these different things that for me, a lot of the stuff was death defying because, <laughs> you know, I'm not adventuring. At, I'm not an adventure person at all. And I actually don't even know how I ended up on a trip, but it was a life altering experience. Um, as we talk about relationship, you know, met some folks that are still friends, you know, to this day. And that, that, you know, was an incredible experience. And so they did a, a mini document, Airbnb did a mini documentary. And so um, it's on YouTube. It's called Six Strangers. Um, and it just kind of details um, our experience discovering a new part of the world, discovering new parts of ourselves, 
Um, and, you know, I can't swim. I'm afraid of heights. I'm not athletic. And I did all of those things um, while I was there. And so that really planted the seed, I would say, for the next level of growth um, and kind of how I want to manifest um, into like this new stage of my life and, and realizing that, shoot, if I can get randomly selected for a free 10-day trip and have this amazing out-of-the-box opportunity, what else can I manifest into my life and what else can I you know, push myself to do? And so, um, so yeah. So that. that is so cool. So I'm gonna be really transparent here. Uh, geography is probably the worst thing I have going for me. Where is Oman? Yeah, so I didn't know where it was either. And they definitely included that in the video. I said, Dad, they would show the one black person is looking on the map like, where is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> Oman is in the Middle East. And so it's nearest, um, like the UAE. Um, a lot of people will go to Dubai. It's kind of over that way. Okay. Um, very, you know, very beautiful. Um, when we went, it was very hot, very, very hot, <laughs> very conservative, uh, country. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing time. That is so cool. Like, thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's amazing. So, um, Patrice, I love that. I am so grateful that you were, um, willing to come on and tell us a little more about yourself. Congratulations on all the great things you have going on. Um, tell you. people how to reach you. If you said something that was intriguing to them and they may want to reach out, um, how could people find you? Yes, I, I you know love to take, stay in touch and I'm always down for growing my community. Um, you can connect with me on Instagram, so I have an Instagram handle for my YouTube show, uh, as well as my personal Instagram. So the Instagram handle for my YouTube show is with friends. Friends is spelled F-R-A-N-S-S, with friends. It's how you say friends when you really, really love them or if you've had a few too many mimosas. Um, <laughs> um, you can also find me on my personal Instagram, at liberated one, and that one is spelled zero N-E. Um, so I love to connect and, um, I'll be posting a lot of content since we're, you know, in the house, um, you know, for the time being. So there will be a lot of new with friends content would love to, um, you know, to share those, um, conversations and all that stuff as well. Thank you. So we will definitely make sure that Patrice's information is in the show notes. Again, I thank you so very much for taking the time to join us today. Um, for all of my listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Labors of Love podcast. Don't forget that if you want to know more about me or reach out to me, you can reach me at my website, www.thelaborsoflove.com. We're on all the major social media outlets. Don't forget that we have a YouTube channel where every Thursday we put out a Therapy Thursday video. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, share, and review the podcast. Give us that five-star rating. We have awesome guests and wonderful content. Uh, so until we meet again, until we connect again, be well.